Can we have a conversation about nationalism? Are you proud to be from a certain country? A certain tribe? I am absolutely amazed about how much people are proud to be Americans, South Africans, Germans, Chinese and so on. All I see on TV these days, on social networks, in school books, is that division. We have taken a whole globe and have divided it into various imaginary zones. And we've somehow decided that it is the best way forward. Very few seem to see the irrationality, the violence and stupidity behind all of that. What is nationalism? Why is there nationalism? Have you ever questioned that? Or do you take it as a given? If you see nationalism as normal, that is understandable. Most of us do. Apparently, this is a human condition. The society compensates whoever enforces nationalism. From the moment we were born until now, you were conditioned, you've been conditioned to accept nationalism as an actuality, as a norm. But is nationalism an actuality? Is tribalism an actuality? Could there not be illusions? So, can, you, can we look into it? Or is there no value in pursuing this at all? Please, this is not a game. I am not here to entertain you. This is incredibly serious and urgent. Do not waste your time if you think you can just come here, listen to my words and then go back to your ugly routine. It is best for you to just leave right now. So if you are serious at all, can you ask yourself a simple question? That is, why is there nationality at all? Why do you feel proud when you associate yourself with a certain flag? Is it perhaps because you feel part of something bigger? Is it because you feel that you belong? We all want to belong. It's natural because we are, we are living organisms. We have more chances of survival when we belong in a certain group. It is easier to build a house together, after all. It is easier to face danger together. It is impossible to reproduce alone. So naturally, instinctively, it is normal to form groups. So how do we create groups in order to survive but in so doing, end up destroying ourselves. One group versus another, one tribe against another, one country against another, one race against another. Where did we go wrong? Or rather, where do we go wrong? The like saying, always look at the now. Always. 
human problems have not changed at all since the beginning of civilization. We are still faced with the same issues our ancestors were faced with. Sure, there are some superficial variations, but deep down, we have been dealing with the very same problems. Psychologically speaking, you are dealing with the same problems as your caveman ancestor. So the question is not what went wrong. The question is what is wrong. You can't blame it on your parents, who will in their turn blame it on their parents, until we blame it on, on a snake and a fruit. Let us be serious for a moment. I think it is about time we take these matters seriously into our own hands. Don't let yourself say, I'm doing this because my parents did so. That's quite childish and extremely irresponsible. So then, what is wrong? Why is there nationalism? Do you even see the danger of nationalism? Maybe for you, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> If you think there's nothing wrong with nationalism, then that simply means that your level of conditioning is very deep. You need help. Unfortunately, only you can help yourself. All I'm going to do is to show how your mind is operating. The rest is up to you. So, for the next few minutes, please listen. Pay attention. See what is going on in your mind. See the truth or falseness of every statement that you will hear. I repeat, this is not an entertainment. I am not motivating, encouraging, or judging you either. I am simply pointing out facts. Why is nationalism dangerous? Well, simply because it is divisive. With nationalism, there can never be peace. It's a war mechanism. It's a mechanism that perpetuates conflict. It is a mechanism that encourages intolerance, discrimination, hate, pride, and all the rest of the violence. To see the danger and violence of nationalism, you need not to think hard, really. You can see it for yourself. You can see what is actually happening in the world right now. Even if you have never been in a war zone, and you better be grateful for that, you have certainly seen or heard about war, either on the news, in movies, or documentaries. Right now, you can Google how many wars are actively being fought throughout the world, both economic and military wars. The number is staggering. It's really a shame that in 2021, we cannot find ways to live together. What's the common story behind these wars? They are walls of ideas. 
It's the idea of USA versus the idea of Russia or Malaysia, for instance. Nationalism is an idea. It is not real. It is one of the most destructive illusions. I wonder if you see the reality of that. Nationalism is not real. It is an idea. A terrible idea at that. Nationalism is tribalism on a higher scale. And so is racism. The consequences are very much real, however. But nationalism on its own is our invention. It is not tangible. How does separating something that is all, something such as planet Earth, how does splitting it into imaginary lines can produce anything good? What that creates is scarcity. Water becomes my water. Land becomes our land. Food becomes my food. People become foreigners. Can you see that? <laughs> you know, it's funny how it takes one to be out of the atmosphere and look back at the planet and only then does one realize that the thing which we have decided to call Earth is indeed one and whole. It is not my Earth, but ours. What is sad, however, is when you realize that simple fact, but within a Chinese or French spaceship, wearing a Chinese or French uniform, <laughs> competing to be the first nation, to realize that actually there are no nations. There's just this thing that we call Earth. Does our ignorance really have no limits? Have we no shame at all? This is the society that we live in. And this is the society we want our kids to live in. Surely, when one sees the utter nonsense of nationalism, one gets a huge frustration out of it. One then asks, how do we stop all of this? Something so big, so widely accepted, how do we cure such a disease? I cannot tell you how to do so. And it is not up to you and me alone. But one thing is certain, you can do something about it, at least psychologically. And the first thing is to understand why there's nationalism at all. Having seen the danger of it, which is never-ending conflict, the next question is naturally how to stop it. But again, Stop asking for a how. There's never a how. Understanding is always the key. Never ask for a method. Ask for understanding. If you ask for a how, you will repeat the same mistake. You will create another idea 
of how things should be. You then will create other wars, wars of ideas, communism, democracy, socialism, and whatever you want to add to that agri list. And that list is surely very long. Ideas are never ending. Luckily, since nationalism is an idea, same as tribalism, racism, socialism, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, atheism, and so on, understanding nationalism means understanding all the rest. All those are ideas. They are belief systems. They are the creation of our minds. So, can we understand nationalism? How and why it comes to be? What is the process that creates a group, a tribe or a nation? It is a thinking process, obviously. That is how it happens. We thought about it. We have invented it. But why? What was the use of it? Well, the need for security. The need to be certain that everything will be fine, both physically and psychologically. Physically, we need a friend or a partner who will help us in case of danger, for instance. As a kid, you quickly learn that having mom around means food, milk, water, affection, and protection. Same goes for dad. Also, having friends around means a lot of fun and so on. So the group is very important physically. From our early days, we get that. Psychologically as well, we seek security. We have been faced with the actuality of death, for instance, the inevitability of death, and therefore seek security after death, since death cannot be avoided. We seek security after death, therefore create beliefs, born out of our own fears and lack of understanding. We have created God out of fear, out of despair, out of suffering. Out of fear and ignorance, we create an idea of a super being, a father figure that will always take care of us. It is very obvious. Please don't be touched. Don't take this personally. I'm pointing out facts. This is a topic we should perhaps avoid for now until you see the reality behind thinking. Because a mind that is stuck in thought can never see that which is out of thought. Stop talking about God, for God's sake. <laughs> It's quite a quite an ironic statement, but I'm quite serious. Stop talking about God. You have no idea how big how complex, incredibly beautiful the meaning of that which we have decided to call God is. Giving it a name is even blasphemous. It's 
pure ignorance. So coming back to nationalism, psychologically speaking, we seek security and therefore create psychological solutions. Tribalism is one of them. It's one of those solutions. You extend your family into a tribe and then a nation. I think if you pay attention, you can see how true this is. Now, why did we not stop this before it gets too late? Why did we not stop nationalism if we could see that within a single tribe we have exactly the same problems as in a clan and as in a family? Wars, conflict are as much present in a nation as in a family. Betrayal, murder, war, torture, rape, pride, fear of the other. All those are both found in a nation, in all nations, as much as they are found in a single family. What you find in France is exactly what you find in an isolated African tribe. Psychologically, it is completely similar. So, what's the use of splitting the whole thing up if it won't solve a thing? Surely, someone must have noticed that. Splitting it up only adds problems. Look at it and ask yourself, why did we do that? Thinking is the problem. I hope you have listened to the, to the earlier talk about the self. I really recommend that you do so. If you can't, that's fine. You will surely get it if you are really listening, as long as you're observing what is happening right now. But it's a very subtle topic. You need to sit on this and observe it. So what is happening right now in your mind? Well, all that is going on in your mind is thinking. There's not a you that is doing the thinking. Thinking is you. Look at it. The thinker is the thought. The thought is the thinker. Thought is always playing the role of the thinker. Every thought assumes the role of the thinker by looking back at other thoughts, by looking back at memories, and memories are nothing but thoughts. You've experienced something, you save it as a memory. When you look back at that memory, that is the process of thinking. That is the movement of thinking. Whether that movement assumes it is a higher being, the unconscious, the ego, the soul or the mind, that is still thought in movement. This is very subtle, so you have to pay attention to really see it. It is just a movement, a process of thinking that is going on. And that movement is divisive because it is one thought against the other. One thought as opposed to the previous thought. 
always that movement is always going on and it is that movement that we have used to shape our society therefore all the division in the world all the division that is going on in our minds have materialized in the physical world so as long as we have no peace inside there will never be peace outside as long as we are not whole inside we will live in a divided world outside do not think there's a way out of this if you think death is an escape my friend you are completely mistaken if you think well this is it it is the state of the world i'm just going to adapt find my way around it pass by until death comes and leave it all behind if that's your state of mind you are completely mistaken but suppose that you are right and best believe you are not but for the sake of argument let's say that you are right how irresponsible is such a mind is that really how you want to live your life just coping just worry for your tiny little existence Do you know how much chaos such a man can produce in this world? Do you know how much chaos it is actually producing? Please, I'm not judging anyone. I am not teaching you either. I am just a mirror for your mind. Since thinking is a very complicated and important subject, I will do a special talk just so we can look at it. because if you don't get this you will never see the whole so coming back to nationalism how is one to be free from nationalism or tribalism or racism it's simple one becomes free from nationalism because he or she understands the fallacy and stupidity of the whole thing That's it. Don't make it complicated. The best solutions are usually the simple ones. Now, does being free from nationalism mean that you will now hate your fellow brothers and sisters? Of course not. Because you do not longer see yourself as a Congolese, for instance, will you now feel hate towards Congolese people on the contrary you will love them or hate them because they are who they are not because they are associated or not associated to the same idea as you suppose i was born in japan does being free from the idea of being japanese make me hate people that were born in that same zone of course not i would love or hate the people just because they are people similarly i would love or hate people that were born outside say in in europe just because they are people in fact they would not be europe africa germany or arabs 
and all of that. But the moment you put a tag on people, this creates separation and that, and that influences my attitude towards them. Meaning, I am already conditioned to behave in a certain manner. As far as I am concerned, and my apologies for making this personal, but as far as I am concerned, I do not have nationality, nor do I belong to a tribe, nor a race. I really mean it. I am not involved in our daily, ugly romance, sentimentality and idiosyncrasy. I do have identification documents, passports and so on. For the simple reason that the society that we have created would swallow me whole if I didn't. I wouldn't be able to do anything at all. So it is not out of choice that I have a nation associated to my passport. But in all earnest honesty, in all honesty, I am completely disgusted by it. I am especially disgusted by the fact that parents are destroying future generations by tagging them, conditioning them to be in perpetual conflict. How can you say that you love your kid if you are that violent? Is ignorance a good enough excuse 